Welcome to the next best podcast. That's the worst name I ever heard. With your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker. Mr. America and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. Well, hi again, Chris and Chris here, reunited. And it feels so good. It does indeed. <laughs> we got a big show, big week, a lot happening. Uh, Chris, you will never guess who I suspect is doing a sneaky advertising endorsement for Microsoft. Ned Ryerson. Bang! Bang! It's a great <laughs> guess, but no, it is not Ned Ryerson. And I just wrapped up a Geek Week on King 5, <laughs> talking about some exciting tech, the latest innovations, a lot of it coming right out of Seattle, but perhaps the most exciting news of the week, the latest celebrity voice for that Waze navigation app. And he's not on Waze, but Chris Hansen is talking about the Seattle Arena project. He's back in town. We'll tell you what he had to say about the next steps as far as he's concerned. And we'll talk Mariners baseball. It is almost another season Upon us, we'll talk about the team and also their impact on the Dominican Republic. And food lovers, I mean people who really love food, we've got the provocative new adult meal and a truly cheesy wedding registry. <laughs> Let's jump right into it. David, Mr. Announcer, go! Now, it's the Fast Five. Well, Chris, another wild week in Washington. Once again, the president not able to do many presidential things, other stuff getting in the way. <laughs> well, it, a lot of W's that you just used there. But yes, uh, not acting necessarily like the former president, George W. Bush, at least in a 77-minute press conference that he did. Uh, with the media. Which many folks in the media say was very last minute. They got a heads up that this was happening. Scramble, get here if you can, kind of a thing. And all sorts of questions. And, and one of the themes that came out of it was this kind of idea that everything the, the media, and that's such a broad term, everything the media is reporting is fake. Russia is fake news. Uh, it was very combative from the get-go, and in turn you had the media also getting combative with the president, and not something you necessarily see in these kind of forums at the White House. A guy that we recognize who used to work here in Seattle television, who is uh, now at the network level of Peter Alexander, providing one of the more interesting uh, moments of that press conference, right? Yeah, Peter Alexander, I worked with him years ago here in Seattle, great guy. Uh, he has been at the White House now for a few years, now on his second go-round in terms of presidents. And this, he's had exchanges with President Trump while President Trump was Donald Trump, the candidate on the right. trail. This was a little different, and it's been making the rounds. It's been viral because of what happened between Peter and the president. If you missed it, Here's what it sounded like when Peter took over the microphone. You said today that you had the biggest electoral margin since Ronald Reagan with 304 or 306 electoral votes. In fact, President Obama got 365 in 2008. Well, I'm talking about Republican. The, pre the yeah. pre President uh, Obama, 332, yeah. and George H.W. Bush, 426 when he won as president. So why should Americans trust well, you no, I was when you're I was misrepresenting given information? I was just given. We had a very, very big margin. The question is, why should Americans trust you when you accuse the information they receive of being fake when you're providing information that's well, not Well, I, I was given that information. I was given, I've, actually, I've seen that information around. 
but it was a very substantial victory. Do you agree with that? You're the president. Okay, thank you. I, that's <laughs> a good answer. Yes. Wow. It seems like we are uh, just a short time away from the. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> and Is there was a lot next? of. I mean, there was a lot of that there too. Jim Acosta, who's had some run-ins as well with President Trump, had another uh, run-in with him yesterday, and and you wonder just what the. The, the blowback is here. I mean, there are already polls out showing, uh, again, that the president's numbers are dropping in terms of public approval down in the upper 30s now, 38% approval rating via Gallup, uh, 39% through a, P, a Pew Research poll. That's 21 points below the average since dating back to Eisenhower, uh, 56% disapproving of the president's job thus far. But what's interesting when you start throwing those numbers around is still the Republican base has been happy with everything right. that he has been doing. It's equal to any Republican president at this portion in time uh, in the 80s. So Republicans are very happy with what President Trump is doing. It's the independents and the Democrats who are just, it seems like, uh, just jumping off a cliff at this point with what's what's happened in just the first few months. Certainly strange and unusual times with protests in the streets. Seems like every day there's something else happening, and yet the economy's doing so well, and the yeah. market's doing so well. These things don't seem to, to add up. Uh, we shall see more to come, plenty of audio for sure. And Chris, I wanted to present what I believe to be uh, some exclusive findings. I believe that President Trump has been doing some sort of a sneaky endorsement deal with Microsoft. <laughs> He's not going to comment on it. I don't have Peter Alexander's guts. I'm not going to ask him about it. But you tell me in this montage if you cannot deduce that he is, in fact, doing an endorsement deal for Microsoft and their search engine. Take a listen. Bing, bing. I love it. I love it. I'm sitting there tweeting. Bing, bing, bing. You press a button. Bing, bing. They all hand you checks. Bing, 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 bing. We had our beautiful Marine standing there. Bing, 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 bing. You know the old days. Bing, bong. You know with the map. Bing, bing, bing. Little mouth on him. Bing, bing, bing. Bing, bing, bing. Not done. Bing, bing, bing. They're cleaning up. Fix it up. Bing, bing, bing. Fourteen point plan. Bing, bing, bing. Anthony Weiner. You know the little bing, bing, bing. Everyone's attacked me. Has gone. Bing. Everyone else. Bing. Where have they gone? Bing. Wow. What a tackle. Bing. Playing cards. Bing, bing, bing. Those tunnels. Bing, boom. Right under the toilet. Bing, boom. Right up. Bing. Like a rocket ship, except in the wrong direction. I'd fly over, drop them right on top. You know, just bing. They want me to use the pump. Because the other one, which I really like better than going bing, bing, bing. It's like puppets. Bing, bing. Bing, bing. Bong, bong. Bing, bing, bing. The bing, bing, bang, bang, boom. I was imitating puppets, and I said, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Bye, bing, bing. That's the end of that. You know, it's the only thing you can say. What an incredible montage. You can find that on our social media, at Next Best Pod. Four, four, four. A little self-indulgence on this one, Chris. Just wrapped up Geek Week on King 5. I featured a lot of technology coming out of Seattle, a lot of innovation, of course, already making headlines from Seattle. But we wanted to feature some folks that I ran into at the Consumer Electronics Show. Well, actually, we kicked off the week with this. Do you know what this is? It looks like a, a hard disk drive. It looks It's about the yeah. size of a VHS tape. Yeah. I'll open this thing up. Press this button. This button right Press here? the button on top. And then I'm just going to let it go. I know this is making for great audio, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is the hover drone. It's like the aliens have landed. 
This is one of the cooler innovations yeah. that I saw at the Consumer Electronics Show. This is about 600 bucks. This is the Hover Drone. And that was the sound you heard, ladies and gentlemen. You just unfold it, you press the button, let it go, and it just hovers in place. It's got a 4K camera. You can find this on our social media as well. I will let it hover on our Instagram, at NextBestPod. Pretty cool technology where you can quite literally just let it go. It flies itself. Huh. It's got an app. You can control it from your phone. It sounds like an angry hornet yeah. there yeah. Uh, as well. So you can actually do a selfie. It'll follow you around. So a pretty cool piece of technology. We kind of huh. kicked off the week with that in studio. I had some fun with the anchors as I just unleashed the hornets on them at the <laughs> desk there. Uh, we talked about the most successful 30-day crowdfunding effort in history, $28 million, a company from Seattle called Glowforge, a 3D laser cutter. We all know 3D laser printers. This is a little different in that you're putting, whether it's paper, leather, wood, Basically, if you draw it, design it, they've got their own software, they scan it, and then this thing cuts it. Really, really cool. We did a live demo with them. We also featured a device called Beam. This is one of the, they call a smart presence system. This is where, whether you're across the globe or you're just at home, I was actually able to, to stay home. I bit the bullet and I worked from home. I stayed at home and actually drove right into the studio. I took over control of Beam. You could see me, it kind of looks like an iPad on wheels essentially, but this was the heavy duty model and I went driving in the studio and he even took it off a mini jump, which I'm sure made the company suitable technology <laughs> who loaned it to me thrilled. Uh, so we've got that online as well. Perhaps more practical transportation, we featured a Seattle company called GoGo Row, the world's first smart scooter. Hmm. Vespas are on the road, but this is the first all-electric smart scooter you can control. Most of it from an app on your phone. It goes 60 miles an hour. Very cool device. The batteries come out and they plug into charging stations. It kind of look like a red box. You pull over, you find one on the corner, you pull out your batteries, you stick it in. I'll say, hi, Chris. You're at 50% battery. We're going to give you a new one. Here's where you are. Here's any diagnostics, any things that might need to be fixed. Super cool. No-brainer. It's just a matter of time before we see these all over the roads here. And they're currently not on the roads here, not because they don't have the right permits or anything. They're already wildly successful. They've already sold something like 18,000 of these in Taiwan. They're all over the roads already. And now in Germany, it's simply because they are a startup from Seattle. A couple former Microsoft big brains created this company. And it's very cool that they're here from Seattle, but they're already across the globe basically saying, we've got these great new scooters. Let's go to where scooters are already ruling the roads, which is Taiwan. So not only are they practical there, but you can think of the impacts on the environment. They're all electric. They're not mm. putting out any emissions. So very cool technology. We got to uh, do a little test drive. I rode one into the studio as well and uh, actually wrapped up the week the way you wrap up every week with a cold frosty brew, a company called Pico Brew. I love this story and I love this company because his grandfather actually invented Pop Rocks. <laughs> yes, those Pop Rocks. It was an idea. His family were the unofficial focus group where the rocks, he says, were the size of actual rocks. And uh, you can imagine how difficult it was for him to convince a company to say, it's exploding candy. We'll just give it to kids and it'll explode in their mouth. So it took many years, of course, to get that <laughs> going, but still around and it's kind of a staple for every family. I know I did it with my daughters. You see Pop Rocks, girls. You gotta try this. Just just try these. And everybody's gotta watch their kids' reaction to Pop Rocks. I, I can just remember sitting there with the Pop Rocks in my mouth, like popping as a kid. Oh yeah. And the, the pop pop fizz fizz in your mouth and how it was funny for everybody, especially the first time you did it. Yeah. Sure. And a fun legacy for that family. He's painfully aware that 
for uh, most of his life, people kept telling him, well, but your grandpa invented, I heard it kills people, right? If you, <laughs> if you have soda and Pop Rocks, your stomach will explode. It was even on Mythbusters, so a cool legacy. He, of course, like the folks from GoGoRow, was a Microsoft executive for a couple of decades. He used his, uh, his smarts from that to uh, create this new thing called Pico Brew. It doesn't do it justice to call it a Keurig for beer, but that's essentially what it is. It's a, the size of a small microwave, very slick looking. You put a Pico Pack, which is the beer, everything you need to make beer. You just slide it right into this device. You turn a dial, it lets you uh, turn up the alcohol by volume if you want, even the bitterness. You can customize it, you hit brew, two hours later, you're done. You just put it in its own uh, mini keg, let it chill uh, and do its thing with the hops and the yeast for about a week and then it's yours. And these things, I think, uh, have only been released a couple of months ago, and they're going to be a big deal. I think they're going to be everywhere. And it was very cool to go get a live demo of that new Pico Brew. And again, this and much more, you can find it on uh, king5.com. We have a Geek Week page there. You can see that. And a bunch of stuff we didn't even get to on TV, a little cool thing called Rolly, which is essentially the size of a drink coaster, but it is a fully interactive uh, music device that lets you DJ, create songs, all of that right from your phone, and right with this little tiny device called Rolly, that and much more uh, available again at king5.com on the Geek Week page. But perhaps our favorite technical moment of the week did not come from my segments. Shame on me. News breaking that there is yet another celebrity loaning his voice to the Waze navigation app. Do you use Waze? I, I do use Waze along with the other traffic apps yeah. that are out there. But Waze I know a lot is a little of people different. Prefer yeah. Waze, uh, and the newest voice. One of our own from NBC. This is from the NBC <laughs> News YouTube page. Oh, hello. You gotta be kidding me. I think you'll really enjoy our don't drive alone time today. There's literally nowhere I can go to get away from you. Let's get started. Pothole ahead. Oh, those pesky bottles. Oh, those pesky potholes. You probably recognize that voice, and you're, or at least you're saying that is familiar. Keith Morrison from Dateline. You know him from all of the mysteries. He's usually talking about murder. That's right. Or is he? <laughs> He's kind of the king of the segue and the cliffhanger. You gotta love Keith Morrison. So he is the latest celebrity voice. People like Shaquille O'Neal have uh, been available as well. So you can download Keith. Uh, through April 2nd, so don't delay. Three, three, three. Good news, bad news, the Sonics are back in the news. Bad news, we don't have a team back in Seattle yet. But good news again, one of the kingpins in getting an arena built was back in Seattle. You actually just sat down with him. I did just sit down with Chris Hansen, who spoke, did the media rounds over uh, 24, 48 hours, uh, trying to get his project Again, some momentum. Uh, as you know, Chris, there is now this kind of competing uh, opportunity at Key Arena. It's become a soap opera in itself here in Seattle involving city politics and sports. And, and Hanson came into town to meet not only with city council members, but with the media to talk about why he needs a street vacation, why he thinks the time is right now uh, for the city council to approve that street vacation. As you know, they rejected that last year in may of last year uh so he talked about that uh, about why now and and whether he is still patient in the process so a sense of urgency because you know that there's this other process going on with key arena and also that you're 
uh, you've resubmitted the, the street vacation petition. So how do you balance the patience with also the sense of urgency that you need to get something done? Uh, yeah, I would disagree with you a little bit on that. I don't think there's a sense of urgency. I think that, uh, you know, as far as, as far as Key Arena goes, our sense of urgency has more to do with we want to be in an opportunity, have an opportunity to bid on an NBA team or if an NHL owner here wants to expand or bring an existing team to this market, we want to be prepared uh, uh, to be in a position to do that. That That is our priority for urgency. I think that um, you know when it comes to Key Arena, uh, that process is going to take a long time. If you tear down Key Arena, there is no arena in Seattle for a pro sports franchise to play in. You're pretty much ensuring that there will not be pro sports back in Seattle for five to probably seven years, uh, which is fundamentally different than what we're proposing. If our arena was shovel-ready, street vacation's the last thing standing in our way, uh, you know, we'd be in a position to bid on a team right now. Russell tweeted out, put on Instagram, that you and he and Wally met with Councilmember Gonzalez, who a lot of people know voted against the street vacation. How did that meeting go today? I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think it went really well. Um, from our perspective, Lorraine and the other council members' concerns about stepping up a little bit more on the traffic mitigation side, ensuring that, you know, hey, we're not going to vacate the street. We're not going to ask for to buy the street until we actually have a team. So just a portion of your chat with uh, Chris Hansen. You can find more of that on king5.com. Chris, are you optimistic at this point? Are you sick and tired of it? I know so many fans, when you post these updates, and nobody is on top of this more than you, so many people are quick to be critical, and I, I get it. We're not in a society that has much patience anymore. You know, it's a, what have you done for me lately? I'm somebody who quite literally grew up thinking that I would be a supersonic. It was until junior high <laughs> that I believed that could be my choice. I worshipped the Sonics. I watched all of the games, and I thought that that was going to be my profession. When you had to fill out those bubble sheets in grade school... I always put pro athlete because it was an airline pilot, firefighter, pro athlete, because I just thought, well, I'll clarify when they ask me, but I'm going to be a Sonic. So it breaks my heart what's happened. I hate that my children, my nine-year-old daughter, my seven-year-old daughter, they don't get it. They've never seen NBA basketball in this town. That's crazy. It's insane. I know you know that. And because you've been covering this for about a decade... When somebody like Chris Hansen, who has the money, who has the land, who basically has his hand on the button and is just waiting for us <laughs> to power it up, when he comes and says things like that, are you optimistic? Or does this just seem like, a, once again, we referenced it before, a game of kick the can further down the street? I, I think he's optimistic, uh, more optimistic than some people in the city are right now. And he was also trying to kind of craft... Uh, I think in, in the interview that he did with us and also with others, kind of this difference between his project and anything at Key Arena. I mean, yes, it's been over a decade now since Clay Bennett bought the Sonics back in 2006. And it, and it seems like sometimes I've been in the middle of a storm with all these, no pun intended, in the middle of a storm with all of these uh, different developments that have happened over time, whether it be the Sacramento Kings or the arena and, and Clay Bennett and 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 now the, the vote and getting it through the city council. But I would tell you that uh, the city is going to go forward with Key Arena on the RFP process. They are going to take that all the way through to the end. They have two legitimate developers. There's going to be a question, though, of what they can do with the roof uh, and whether they can build something there. 
What Hansen was trying to reiterate multiple times uh, in his tour of Seattle media and, and City Hall is that if he gets a street vacation, he's ready anytime to break ground. They're not going to vacate the street without having a team in hand. If something is done at Key Arena and they don't pass his street vacation, he said in the interview, it's going to be five to seven years before the city ever has right. an NBA or NHL franchise. Because you know this as a guy who grew up here, and I know this as a guy who grew up here. When the Sonics were in what was the Seattle Center Coliseum and they renovated Key Arena, they had a place to play in the Tacoma Dome. Right. That's not an option in today's modern professional sports uh, leagues is to to have a team start in the Tacoma Dome before a new arena, Key Arena, is built. So you can't do that. Uh, back when the Seahawks had Century Link Field uh, done and the Kingdom was going away, they played at Husky Stadium. There's just no option for this for any franchise to move into Seattle and play while a new arena is being built. So that was the point that I think he was trying to make yesterday with his project versus Key Arena, and then also. He, he was very careful, and, and he's always very calm when he talks. But he talks about uh, OVG and AEG, the two the two groups that are looking at Key Arena. And they are looking to be the operators of that building. The city and the RFP has said, hey, we'll, we'll let you own and operate the building on public land. That it makes it tougher for an NBA or NHL team to come in uh, because a lot of NBA and NHL teams operate their own arenas. AEG and OVG can't own a team. So there would have to be an agreement worked out between any potential owner and AEG or OVG at Key Arena. So it's that that's one of the things he was also trying to get across yesterday and what has always been and continues to be a very complicated story involving all sorts of elements besides just politics and sports. And you're right in that Chris Hansen is great about not getting emotional in these interviews. You almost expect and wait for him to say, yeah, this is frustrating, man. I, I put down the money. I've got the land. Let's go. He doesn't do that. He keeps a level head. So it's only fitting that he now has the perfect, similar brand ambassador in Russell Wilson, a guy who rarely gets emotional. And in fact, he's often <laughs> criticized for the fact that that he just toes the company line, but I cannot think of a better guy. What an ace in your back pocket than to have Russell Wilson tweeting out photos of an artist rendering of what could and should become of the Soto Arena. Well, and the one other thing to add is, you know, they met with Lorena Gonzalez, who cast the deciding vote back in May, and Russell put out on Instagram and Twitter basically this lengthy thank you letter to Lorena Gonzalez about how great she is Kill and, with kindness, and, and and all the things that she's working for and what a great leader and it was Russell Wilson and Chris Hansen and Wally Walker all smiles uh, with Lorena Gonzalez so there is yes that added element with Russell Wilson that he brings something to the table uh, that they did not have before as a group two, two, Chris two. it's just around the corner spring training folks heading to the desert but you didn't wait for spring training. No, we didn't wait for spring training. We went down to the Dominican Republic uh, to meet with Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, who both hail from the Dominican and the Seattle Mariners have an academy down there. Uh, they're, as you know, it, it's a very baseball rich country. It dates back several decades. We, we've learned all about the history of the Dominican, how, how it became uh, this place where 10% now of all major leaguers uh, are from the Dominican. And, and the Mariners have realized uh, they, they needed to make an investment there. Uh, 
Uh, and this really kind of date back, dates back a couple of years when they signed Robinson Cano to that mega deal. They signed Nelson Cruz, and now they have this academy that opened in 2014. Why not foster your own talent? It yeah. makes a lot of sense. And especially when the, the talent pool is so deep there. And we should let folks know if they want to see a lot of this, you posted some great content, not just pictures, but great videos of the drive you talked about, uh, you know, everything from the road to get there, which, as you discovered upon returning home, is a very, very dangerous road. Yes, the World Health Organization says they're the most dangerous roads in the Western Hemisphere. The, the things that we saw on the road, it's, it's not only the cars, it's the motorcycles with no lights on. It's the, the goats and horses and mules and uh, the, the families on the back of motorcycles. And I saw at least one photo of a, a motorcycle where the guy was driving and the woman was on the back, and I believe she was holding a baby. Yes. And there was no helmets involved, no. nothing. It's just a different walk of life. Different walk of life, and, and then you get off the freeway. And keep in mind, there are people walking all over the freeway. Uh, and then you get off the freeway, and it's the potholes, and there are you know, roads that have not uh, been maintained for several years. And that's what you drive on to get to Nelson Cruz's hometown. It was a four-hour drive in one direction just to get to his hometown. Now, this trip was uh, in the rear view. It's probably a good thing that the Keith Morrison Waze app wasn't available <laughs> to tell you that you're on the deadliest stretch of road in the Western Hemisphere. But I, I should say that the Mariners Academy in Boca Chica, that's where uh, Boca Chica is a town where I believe it's two-thirds of Major League franchises have some sort of presence. The Mariners, though, they spent over $7 million constructing this. It beautiful. This. The photos yeah. and the video you yeah. posted are fantastic. 24 acres. It's former jungle land they came in and they they whacked all the bushes down paved over the caves it's really kind of out in the middle of nowhere uh and as we pull up i mean just you know the scene from the movie you, you pull up to the front gate and here come the cows that walk right, right in front uh but but what is so special about this is the mariners yes they sign guys they bring them in they put them in dorms they train them in the morning and in the afternoon they put them through classes, English, computer, and high school equivalency classes because education down there is so hard to come by. A lot of kids, as we found out, especially in the high school years, don't go to high school. They chase this baseball dream, and so they're not in class. And if baseball doesn't work out, then they're in this kind of cycle of poverty. Uh, and so what the Mariners have done is they, they've made this a special part of the academy is bringing in those teachers. We sat in there, watched uh, these kids uh, learning English. 30% of the kids uh, that are in this academy will actually go to the States. And the thought is, and you talk to players that are down there, talk to Robinson Cano about it, that one of the biggest things they need to know when they come to the States is English. That it's easier to navigate and, and, and really build a foundation for success by knowing English. And so the Mariners have kind of tied all that together and it's uh, it was really interesting to see it firsthand, and, and nobody had really, uh, from the Seattle market, had gone down there and done that. And finally, it seems like we always leave room for food. <laughs> food lovers, no, I mean actually food lovers, uh, we've got two to tell you about. First of all, this one, I'm sorry you missed it. You snooze, you lose. This was only available on Valentine's Day. But if you're a fan of Burger King, and if you happen to be in Israel, well, they ran a very interesting promotion. Listen to this. Kids meal? That's for kids. Uh-oh. Burger King presents the adult's meal with an adult toy inside. Only on Valentine's Day and oh. only from 6 p.m. 
Burger King. The graphic said 18 plus on it. From all accounts, this is real. Adweek wrote about it as well. Burger King, uh, these are the same guys who, which you may have missed, decided to put out Whopper scented air fresheners. Uh, that's real. They actually put those <laughs> out. There's some video, uh, I believe, taxi drivers in Brazil. So, you know, most of us complain about the smell of taxi cabs, so why not make it smell like flame-broiled burgers? Burger King, it's not just for kids anymore. Yeah, I mean, so this I was waiting for meal. some sort of joke about the Whopper. Absolutely. <laughs> this adult meal, apparently, uh, this tells you uh, that it's certainly not in the States because it comes with a couple of burgers, a couple of fries, and a couple of beers, uh, as well as an adult toy. So, uh, who knows what that adult toy is? I didn't look it up because, yeah. uh, you know, there's certain filters here at work from preclude me from, <laughs> from looking up such a thing. But apparently, the Burger King adult meal was a thing, but you missed it. And perhaps my favorite, Chris, comes from Domino's. Domino's Pizza, it's official. They have a wedding registry, Chris. They do. They do, in fact. Gift givers can sponsor anything from the bachelorette party dance like somebody ordered pizza for $60 to the post-honeymoon adjustment to real life <laughs> because washing dishes is the worst, $25. I saw a quote from uh, one of the head honchos saying that we hear from so many people that say Domino's is a very special part of their wedding day. <laughs> I'm not sure. Alternative facts. <laughs> yes, thank you, David. Yes, it may in fact be fake news, but this is not a fake story. Domino'sWeddingRegistry.com. Go there right now and you will see how serious this is. Gifts for the couple, it says. Give them something their taste buds will never forget. Each e-gift card, you can spend it on anything on Domino's.com. Yes, here's the official offerings. At the $60 level, this has become a pledge drive. The 2 a.m. <laughs> bachelor party feast. At the $60 level, all you could cater the bachelorette party as well. Now at the $25 level, the wedding night. That's, you know, pretty much good for pizza. Yeah. $100 level, dancing with my slice. Domino's showing up at the end of the night for the reception. They're saying, I like how you're shaking your shoulders back and forth while you say that. But they're saying here, it's going to be, in all caps, EPIC. Okay. One more slice before I do. That's the $45 level. Maybe that's like, I don't know if that's why you got cold feet or you're stalling. Married but chill. That's the $15 level. Anyways, there's something here for everybody. This is very serious. And in fact, there are, as you can see, over a dozen offerings and dominosweddingregistry.com. There is a practical idea behind it, but to label <laughs> it a wedding registry, I can only imagine the look in my friend's eyes when they're, you know, they get, oh, hey, who sent us to China? Chris Daniels? God, what a good guy. What's this? $25 dumb. Cashman sent us a Domino's Pizza gift card. <laughs> I told you we should not have invited him. Weddings are very expensive, Chris. You probably spend more than that on each place setting. Do you think the Domino's Wedding Registry will be successful? Well, I think it's smart marketing. I mean, both cases, Burger King and, and Domino's, they're like, somebody was sitting in a room in January. Hey, how can we boost sales? Uh, February's right around the uh, corner. Uh, yeah, Valentine's Day. A lot of people are going to be looking for love. Hey, I got a great idea. Let's do a, let's do a wedding registry. Hey, let's do a... Burger King adult pack. I mean, you can just see the conversation. Some junior marketing yeah. guy in the back of the room. 
What about a wedding registry? <laughs> Everybody laughed him out of the room and they said, he's onto something. You know how much money is in weddings? Especially since the trends have people marrying three and four times. <laughs> uh, of course, Jimmy Fallon pointed out that it's the perfect gift to give somebody who's going to be together for 30 minutes or less. <laughs> and that will do it for this episode of the Next Best Podcast. As always, we hope that you will subscribe on iTunes. Please! Please subscribe! Please! Uh, follow us on social media, David. On Twitter and Instagram at NextBestPod. He can just say it so much yeah. cooler than yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't know. We don't have Keith Morrison yeah. on board, so we're going we're gonna to stick with David here. Thank you so much for listening. You can also find us on kink5.com slash podcasts. We've got a new page there. This is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast. Chris, I like you. I just don't think it was an incredible vocal performance. That's the point I was trying to make.